Hello everyone. Welcome to a podcast about Ransom by David Maloof and The Queen, directed by Stephen Frears. Today we want to dive into the idea of public versus private identities and how they influence those who need to maintain a facade and shun their personal desires as well as those around them. Both Ransom and The Queen examine the impact of a tragic event, the death of Hector and Diana respectively, and how its protagonists go about processing grief while struggling with the expectations of their office. Harrigan, would you like to get us started by telling us what public and private identities are to you? Yeah, sure. So, first of all, uh, one's public identity or public self to me is like their role they play in society and the conventions that are built upon that role. So, in, for me, an example, um, out, of the, out in the public right now, I'm like a NOSA student, so having to display the principles of a um, student and being thoughtful of how my actions might present in the public eye. Whereas private self is one's most vulnerable face. So where they're expressive of their emotions and not needing to be so restrained to a certain degree. So that would include us being a member of our families, a close friend and so on, where we don't have to maintain a reputable facade as such. But I wouldn't go as far as saying that there aren't any expectations or duties for one's private identities. There are definitely, there, there is definitely these duties for one's private identity, in my opinion, but we'll be able to explore that later on when we look at the text. Thanks, Harajan. Um, Suneth, what have you got to say? What's your Yeah, I, li- I really like Harajan's idea of that vulnerability of um, the private identity, but to me, the public identity refers to the way we, in which we express our public personas in the public light. So more specifically, I think it refers to how we interact with public entities and individuals and the attributes we endorse when doing so. Um, whereas on the other hand, the private identity refers to our highly confined qualities we portray in isolation. And as Harajan said, they may be vulnerable. The attributes we feel restricted from expressing publicly but find comfort in displaying in an exclusive environment is what I believe is the private identity in Ransom and the Queen. Interesting. Harajan, I'm quite... Um, I don't want to say I'm happy, but I'm, like, I'm quite taken back by the fact that you thought about it quite holistically. I didn't really think to think about private versus public outside of Ransom and the Queen. But that's a fresh take. I'm quite in awe of that. For me, I think public versus private identities as a concept refers to the conflict that arises from one's interests as an individual and the obligations of their office being challenged by various situations. So specifically the distinction between actions that they execute to serve the public and behaviours they take to cope with events themselves. And this is often caused by conflict in what is expected of them and what they think is right and what their office demands of them, resulting in a clash of personalities per se. So, yeah, do you guys want to talk about how it manifests in Ransom specifically? Yeah, sure. So, now if we were to explore Ransom, I like the way that Shim described it as a conflict between public and private. So, so I'd say Maloof paints that dual conflict between public versus private identity with Prime and Achilles. So what I see in Prime's private identity is he's past self as Padarsis and in the current reality, he's a husband and a father. In contrast, his public identity to me personally seems like that he's a king of Troy and that's his public figure. And I feel like Malouf really utilizes Prime as being both a father and a leader, leader to show how one's, one of his identities must be sacrificed for the other. And it's truly one of the burdens that he faces. So a scene where I see him really sacrificing one identity for the other was where he finally meets um, Achilles and he's about to take um, Hector's body back. And he says, um, quote, and this is on page 199, he says, well, he walks past it, allowing the practice of long years, a lifetime of rigorous discipline, 
to hide these hide from these invaders what he feels. So in this scene, it really shows how this practice of containment, where he's public self as the king of Troy, where he has to contain his emotions and he can't reveal it in front of Achilles and his enemies. So despite all this, like he's obviously is grieving the fact that he's actually going to take his son's dead body back to um, Troy. And despite that, he has to hide it for the sake of preserving his public image. And I really see how he's able. He has he's forced to sacrifice his private self as a father in order to preserve his image as a king. Mm. That's actually quite good. And then especially when we know that Prime says he's being ransomed himself, there really is that notion of him definitely losing a part of himself and paying the price for his own son. Um, so yeah, so Neth, what have you got to tell us about yeah, this? Yeah, I just like to start by saying I like Herod's kind of like juxtaposition between Achilles and um, Priam because I think that's something we can definitely expand on when we're writing um, the sack that's coming up. Um, but I feel like we should also talk about like interrelated themes that go along with private versus public identity, such as like leadership and parenthood. So through the characterization of King Priam, we can see Maloof represent the conflict between expressing a public versus private identity. <coughs> so Priam's association of his job being ceremonial and his insistence of to be stripped of all glittering distractions and disguises kind of implies that his role as a leader is more so um, obtained by veiling royalty over an, ordi- over an ordinary man or his private self. Um, Additionally, the conversations exchanged between Priam and Somax is where the idea of public versus private identities really shines in Ransom. Um, We see that Priam's relationship with his children are formal and symbolic, and we further see he's standing at a kingly distance from his children. From his interactions with Somax, we see Priam has removed himself from paternal experiences as a result of his leadership position, and is unable to recall the private memories with his children, which kind of reiterates like the suffocation of always displaying that private identity. So Maloof warns his audience on the repercussions of endorsing a public persona and how it can hinder one's familial connections. And uh, finally, the opening scene of Ransom where we see Achilles chin down and hunched, mourning the death of Patroclus and longing for his mother, demonstrates the vulnerabilities of expressing one's private identity in the public light so the representation of Achilles' isolation insinuates that pro- private and public identities of a leader must be separated as there's a slight weakness in displaying one's honest values in the public light. And it's something that we can draw like large comparisons to in the Queen because we see um, the Queen herself have that conflict of displaying that pri- private identity um, uh, in front of her nation. Yeah, interesting. Definitely, I definitely feel that, especially with Achilles having to deal with the loss of Patroclus. I think we definitely do see a great contrast in his previous and current public image that is you know, shown to us. And I'm going to expand on my own take on this. So I definitely do think Ransom is a novella that beautifully delves into the shifting roles of its characters and, issue that, and how they cope with the changing environments that they face as you know, their life events change. So Maloof's poetic use of language consistently enhances inner desires, I reckon, and the compositions of the series they hide behind. So that is, he really uses his language to contrast the personal, what's the word I'm looking for, personal ambitions or personal feelings, yeah. and masterfully shows that they're concealed by a harder exterior. And I think Achilles is walking and living proof of that. So I think it's important to recognise that Patroclus functioned as more than just a partner to Achilles, 
but is also part of his personality. Achilles is known for his stoic warrior nature, but in a moment of awe, he is mated to Patroclus when he first, when he first meets him. Maleuf evokes imagery of a fusion between two complementary sides forming into one coherent whole. However, this intimate alliance is kept out of the public eyes, as the Myrmidons continue to compartmentalize Achilles into being solely a fighter. And what happens is, this results in their only explanation being that Achilles has gone mad, as he grieves Patroclus rather violently, you know, when he drags Hector's body around. Yeah. Um, and these two stark differences are further enhanced by the eel-like, fluid, and weightless Achilles introduced at the start of the novel, transforming into a merciless man who continually drags his enemy's corpse for over 11 days. Yeah. On the other hand, Muluf also shows that sometimes not having public expectations results in pretty much having no public identities. Mm-hmm. So Cermex does not seem to endure this divide, and seemingly the only leaders need to be able to balance these facades. Um, so Max, besides assuming the role of Ideas, he speaks about his personal experiences unceremoniously, quite freely, and quite enthusiastically. And this draws Prime, the king in the novel novella, into being vulnerable and considering his own personal relationships. In doing so, I reckon Maloof conveys that personal public identities may not necessarily exist if there are no public images to keep up. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, you, yeah. Go. yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's quite interesting how you draw upon so Max, and you say that he doesn't necessarily like endure this divide and I feel like I could, yeah, that, that was definitely obvious throughout the text. What do you think, Sinead? Yeah, I was going to say, like, not having that public expectation kind of, mm, I wouldn't say hinder, but weakens the ability to <coughs> display that public identity, something Hashim said is mm. very meaningful, in my opinion. Yeah. Thank you. So, let's talk about the Queen now, because we've talked about Ranger yeah. for a little bit. Um, so, the Queen is the film that we're comparing against, yeah. and we're faced with the Queen who has to battle her inner desires as well as her outer image. So, Harrigan, would you like to tell us you how you yeah. feel public and private identities materialize in The Queen? Yeah, sure. So, in The Queen, um, something that I saw mainly in The Queen is I feel like Frears really used The Queen and Tony Blair as a comparison between public and private self. Because in comparison to... Um, uh, Ransom, where I feel like both the characters, Achilles and uh, Prime, had this conflict within themselves of private and um, public, I feel like really in The Queen you can see it like an explicit contrast where the Queen is trying to uphold and preserve her public self so much, whereas the um, Tony Blair is actually quite um, open and um, exposes his private self to the public. So I feel like that's something different that Free is in comparison to Malouf. And specifically, when if we were to look at... Oh, so Harry, sorry to interrupt, but do yeah. you th- does that mean you think that um, in The Queen, yeah. the two characters represent inner and outer desires versus in Ransom, each character has their own inner and outer desires? Yeah, they definitely do. And I, I wouldn't necessarily say that The Queen is just secluded to her outer desires, but she does have inner desires. And we do see that in some bits, especially uh, where we see her grieving, but not exactly to the public eye, but then we do see her some of her sorrow and things like that. But throughout the text, you see her trying to uphold and preserve her reputation as a queen and her role as a queen. But in comparison, when we look back at Ransom, Prime is actually trying to prioritize his role as being a father. He realizes that he is willing to sacrifice his role as a king mm-hmm. and be a good father and to go and um, uh, get back his um, son's body despite it possibly like ruining his reputation as a king. So in the queen, I feel like she actually prioritizes the role as a queen in order to serve her people. And especially so when we look at the queen, I feel like her private self was being a grandmother, a wife to Prince Philip and just a simple woman in society. And 
in comparison, her public self was being the queen, the head of state of the British Empire. And I could really see that, especially just with the very first scene in the um, film. When it opens up, we see the queen getting, um, she has a portrait being painted mm. by a commoner. And in this scene, she's having a very casual combo with the, um, the painter. And it's just talking about the election, how she doesn't wish to be partial. And you can see her smiling and being casual. And that kind of shows her a really nice like private software. She's willing to talk and she's quite happy. She's smiling. But when you see at the end, the contrast with the porter, like, um, sorry, the portrait, where it's panning up to her face. And it was a really good contrast because I feel like that panning to her face where she looks almost like emotionless. Mm. That's a portrait that every single... Um, royal. Uh, sorry? Like royal. Yeah, that's, that's a royal portrait that everyone know in their empire. And I think something that we discussed with Dr. Shore in class was that that portrait used to be in every single... Uh, Australian, UK, and every um, classroom that mm. was under the monarchy. So that was what the Queen was known as. That was her public self. Mm. And the contrast of seeing her talking to the painter who's painting this was quite interesting to see that direct um, difference between her private and public self. Interesting. So, Ness, what yeah, have you got? Um, I'd just like to say, like, I've written down as well from yeah. um, one of my, some of my notes that um, I definitely agree with Harrison's statement of. Um, his comparison between Blair and the Queen because for me uh, Blair and the Queen are juxtaposed to reflect the struggles of finding that balance yeah. of portraying the public versus private identity so we see like through uh, Freya's use of camera shots um, film shots rather um, while Blair finds a comfortable balance between his public private life at home and public life as a Prime Minister the Queen struggles in her endeavours of finding balance between her public persona as the queen and her personal identity. She's kind of um, conditioned into behaving single-mindedly for years and is required to divide her public and personal identity at a time of national grieving to not only comfort her people, but shape a more satisfactory monarchy, which kind of symbolizes to me a shift in change uh, between like displaying that public versus private identity. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I also feel like Freya's illustration of the queen herself heavily encompasses the theme of public versus private identity. So through various shots in the, scene, in the film, we see the Queen is able to display her raw emotions in nature, yeah. yet is restricted into kind of displaying a public facade when interacting with the public. So in my opinion, the natural environment is a motif throughout the film that enables the Queen to truly um, deal with her private concern, similarly paralleling to the idea of Achilles mourning at the beach in isolation. Yeah. And furthermore, the queen dressed in black and demanding the radios be taken out of the room and TV taken out of the nursery showcase her reserved nature and refusal to display emotions when attributing her public identity. We see her mourning, but her position as a public figurehead does not allow her to display that raw emotion to her people. Um, and like through this, Frears implies that when endorsing a public persona, leaders should be cautious on how they behave and present themselves as their actions are under scrutiny, which kind of implies that leaders themselves must act with some restraint and control. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's all I have for the Queen. Yeah. 
Um, I really like that. I feel like um, I just want to quickly yeah. for like unpacking that scene where you talked about the queen crying and like mourning at the um, riverside. Yeah, I feel like even in that scene, especially since you're talking about the <coughs> the camera angles. Yeah. So in that scene, that's the only bit I really felt like was a crucial bit where we see the queen actually grieving or yeah. exposing her most vulnerable state. And despite that, even at that moment, we actually didn't see her grieving or sobbing. Mm. We only saw her with tears in her eyes when she turned around. But throughout that scene, Freeze purposely chose to have the camera angle where we can only see the back of her head. We can see her grieving. She's obviously like wiping her tears away, sobbing quite out loud, but then we didn't even get to see that. Yeah. And I felt like that was quite like reflective of how um, the camera is representative of the media, right? Because right. the camera obviously is... And so Max. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and how so much lets prime grief. Exactly. Where you're going? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And um, especially with that, for like Freya's intentional choice to not show her face is kind of reflective of, okay, like, especially in the context of the Queen, mm. the media back then was the public eye. The media yeah. was representing everything the public saw. Yeah. So through showing that, it's kind of reflecting how the media um, was not able to exactly show that grieving of the Queen, and that was her public self that was isolated from like her grieving and things like that. So yeah, I thought that was really good that you pointed out. I just wanted to unpack that a bit. Yeah, and I definitely found your nature metaphors quite interesting as well, because I never thought of it that way. Because usually when you're out in nature, you think about being more open and public. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Whereas when you're inside your house, you're a bit more private. Exactly. But the Queen's house is her job. She yeah. works out of her house. Her yeah. house is a symbol of an institution and a family. Exactly. Yeah. So that's quite an interesting thing for you to pick up, and I really do think that's useful. Um, in the interest of time, I reckon we move on to actually comparing the text directly in terms of some key moments. Yeah. Um, so, Seneth, would you like to um, tell us what you saw as being similar and different in uh, the two yeah, texts? Yeah, sure. I'll kick this one off. So, um, both uh, Maloof and Freer's acknowledge the notion of leaders displaying raw emotions in isolation as they're suffocated into displaying a public facade to protect their reputation. Um, this idea is heavily represented between the Queen and Somax, who have the experience as renowned leaders, yet remain conflicted on what identity to adopt as a result of unprecedented events, which is the death of, their, um, of Diana and the death of Hector, respectively. So, while the Queen explores the harsh criticism that the royal family endure as a result of sustaining conservative values, Ransom reveals that criticism is endured by King Priam as a result of stepping out of the boundaries of his public role. Um, another, so I, I kind of yeah. disagree with your first point. Yeah. Solely because I reckon the Queen's personal views are very much aligned with what is expected of her. Yeah. I mean, she did assume the role of the Queen in her late 20s, and she's gone on 100 yeah. now. Yeah, that is true. So it's about two-thirds of her life that's been devoted to living the role, and I truly think she's become both Elizabeth, the person, has become the Queen as a character. Yeah. And the queen, the character, has influenced Elizabeth as a person. And we do kind of see that she still calls the shots on what happens in the movie, in the film, yeah, right? Yeah. And I do think that she alters the nature of her leadership. She yeah, becomes yeah, a bit more involved with the public. Yeah. She's a bit less distant. Yeah. But I do think she definitely didn't display her private, like her role emotions in private. Yeah. Because she decided to not fly the flag. She decided to be a bit mm. stubborn about that. Yeah. And those were quite visually materialised, quite overtly materialised in yeah. how the public saw yeah. things. But, I just yeah. um, have another comparison that um, mm. I picked up on. But I, for this comparison, I'm looking at the idea of public versus private identity more broadly, mm. in the sense of a na- that the public identity is the nation. So the public 
like nation or public conventions are utilized by Fraser and Maloof to catalyze the personal growth of leaders as they're encouraged to endorse qualities of humility and sympathy. So the public kind of influenced the queen to change her values and like change her ways in to create a more satisfactory monarchy. Whereas in Ransom, Somat is that representation of conventional lifestyles, the public of Troy. And he is essentially the catalyst that stimulates um, Priam's change and shifted values as a father and a leader himself. Yeah, Harry, do you have anything you want to add specifically? Especially with this um, bit where you talked about how the public is kind of forcing, they don't don't force, but they influence the queen to kind of change her public self or innovate. Um, I felt like that. um, one thing that I noticed in the queen was that um, she was trying to preserve her public self or go with what she thought would be the most reputable and the most um, respectful for her position as a queen for her people and she was doing this all for her people and to be a good role model for her people but despite that in the effort to preserve her public self she ended up tarnishing her reputation all her own public self in the public Mm. whereas in um, it's ironic though isn't it it's ironic yeah because she tries to um, do this all for the people and they end up tarnishing her reputation because they just felt like oh you're being heartless but in comparison with Ransom he completely lets go of his public identity and then kind of just more so um, tries to uphold his reputation as a father. But in the end, that kind of, um, that doesn't affect his reputation at all. And in the end, you can kind of say that actually improves his reputation as a person is willing to innovate or change. And I, find, I kind of thought that was interesting because despite all the efforts to um, stick to her public self, they ended up partnering her own reputation and she was forced by the public to change. In, whereas um, Prime was able to embrace his private, private self and that ended up just improving his own public self at the same time. Yeah, that's great. I think the idea of improvement of that public self yeah. is yeah. something that's heavily explored between both the text and the film. Do you have anything else to add, Hashem? Not really. I think I've gone through everything. I reckon the one thing I will add is that Maloof does express inability, expose inability for leaders to mourn due to their yeah. office. Like, yeah. you know, they feel like they have to exp- like behave a certain way. That yeah. does get in the way of their grief. But I think that's quite, you know, easily demonstrated and seen in both texts there's not much worth digging into that exactly yeah so that does kind of draw a little podcast to a close um thank you all for sticking with us today and we hope we've been able to give you some little things to mull over as you continue to study these texts good luck everyone um yeah see ya chocolate